Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. So, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai has established himself as trustworthy and wise in front of Vespasian and his advisors. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai has shown that he understands the parameters of the situation, and he can be trusted to articulate a future for the Jewish people that will keep them alive and happy-ish, and will prevent them from rebelling against the Roman Empire. Ish, so Vespasian extends to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai an opportunity, and he says to him, "I'm leaving now," says Vespasian. "I'm the king. I'm the emperor. I'm going to Rome to take my seat, and they're going to send someone else to finish this job." But meanwhile, he says, and again, this is the version in Gemara Gittin, Ask from me something, and I will give it to you, or that I can give to you. This is the key moment. It's a moment that makes people tremble. Most people, when asked if a genie presented to you three wishes, their first wish would be to ask for more wishes, possibly to evade the stress and responsibility of boiling down our needs or our wishes or our requests into three things or even one thing. But this is a key moment. It's a key moment for Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai because he gets to basically name the next stage of the future of the Jewish people. So what do you ask for? The temptation, obviously, is to ask to save the temple and leave the Jews alone and go away. And according to the version in Midrash Eicha, he actually asks. He said, he says, what can I do for you? And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, I request that you let go of this country and go away. Leave us alone. Let us continue to be in the way that we are with our temple. And Vespasian answers, Amarle, he says, did they really make me the king or the emperor with the possibility that I would leave this country alone? Obviously. This is what I'm doing here. This is at the center of my job. Go ahead and ask me something else, says Vespasian. That's in the version of the Midrash. In the Gemara, though, he doesn't even ask for that. Maybe he knows it won't work, but it's possible that he's not interested in that. It's possible that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai sees that the future of the Jewish people is not in the temple in Yerushalayim, at least for now. And he's already setting his sights on a future possibility. And so he says, very faithfully, Give me the vineyard in Yavne. Give me the place of Yavne and its sages. Meaning, let us build our academy and do our academy things without your interference. Ensure that we can maintain our Open parentheses must be assumed to mean academic and heady, not actionable, not rebellion-oriented, purely intellectual. We're going to think and make Gemaras together for the next couple thousand years. End parentheses. 
And he also asks, Vishushulita, the Rabban Gamliel, and also the chain or the line of Rabban Gamliel, who is the leader of the Sanhedrin, and his children will be the leaders of the Sanhedrin, to leave that lineage intact. And thirdly, Asavata, the Messianle, the Rabbi Tzadok, and doctors to heal Rabbi Tzadok. Remember, Rabbi Tzadok was the one who was fasting for 40 years in order that Yerushalayim would not be destroyed, and he would eat a fig or a, the juice of one fig every week or so. These three requests are incredible. The first, to have an academy to have a place where we can learn, where we can use our minds and apply it to the Torah and evoke a new vision for how to live Jewish life and to develop a methodology that will allow us to continue to evoke new visions of Jewish life that will allow us to adapt in every generation as necessary. Here we are at this key point that perhaps no one imagined standing at the end of the second temple. And this is an essential moment for us. This is a stress test of our capacity to articulate a new way for our people to stay connected to the Holy One and also to each other and to a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose that is adapted to the moment, to the modern moment, to the needs of the day. And we can teach people fundaments and principles that will allow them to do this as the world changes, as new leaders ride up, rise up in the world with their own demands as well as their own innovations and their own visions for new empires that will subsume or try to subsume Israel and the Jewish people, we're going to come out of this with a capacity to survive anywhere and everywhere. That's an incredible gift. It's an incredible foresight that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is able to provide for us. The second thing he asks for, for the perpetuation of the line of Rabban Gamliel, Rashi says the family of the Nasi, of the leader of the Jewish people, of the, the prince, as it were, the representative and here too, Shalot to her game, don't kill them. As would often happen if a king would conquer another kingdom, they might kill the person who's the king or closest to the king, or most like a king. So there's a temptation to eliminate the line of Ramon Gamliel. Rashi continues, Shalot to David, such that the, the rulership of the house of David will not end. This, in a sense, is an incredible statement of hope that Mashiach will ultimately come. We keep a line. We keep alive the line of the house of David under the assumption that there will be a way and there will be a day when the line of the house of David will emerge and will take its place in power again. Again, not making a move, not saying they need to keep a, an incredible position, not saying that they need to stay in power, just that they continue to exist. Again, brilliant foresight. We're going dormant here. We're taking the seed of the line of David and we're planting it underneath we're putting it in the earth. We're allowing that to continue to exist for however long. We have no idea when, but we need to keep that alive. The third request that he makes to keep alive, to revive 
Rabbi Tzadok. In the Midrash version, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai sends word to his students, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Hoshua, who accompanied him out in a coffin, though he was alive. These two powerful figures that have such an incredible and important role in the future steps of the Jewish people, he asks them or tells them, La Puki Rabbi Tzadok, bring out Rabbi Tzadok. And they went and they found him at the gate. And uh, when he came out, Asafsianus saw him. He saw Rav Tzadok. And he said to him, Who is this old man that you're keeping alive? Why? Like, why would you use one of your three wishes for this? And he answers him and he says, Chayacha, by your life, if there was even one more like him, then uh, you would not have been able to conquer us. It's an incredible thing. He understands that in counterpoint to the academic pursuit, the intellectual pursuit that will happen in Yavne. We need these incredible, zealous tzaddikim. We need these people who are just simply, intensely devoted. Beyond their wisdom, they also have this incredible devotion, commitment to the Jewish people, fasting for 40 years, zealous, committed, deep, self-sacrificing, visceral, bodily action. This is what Rav Tzadok has lest the future of the Jewish people become too heady, too involved in halachot and decisions of that sort. We also need people who are just on fire, who are just on fire for Hashem, for God, for the Jewish people whose devotion takes them beyond their minds into their bellies. That's also an important piece. It's very prescient what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is able to do. The Gemara, at that point, again introduces this statement that could be in the name of Rabbi Yosef, or it could be Rabbi Akiva, that God turns the wise backwards and their knowledge, it becomes foolish. Why, they're asking, why did Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai squander this chance? Why didn't he ask? Why didn't he ask for Yerushalayim? Incredibly, in the language of the Gemara, just one more time. Hadazimna, this time, just one more time. Maybe they think that if we could bring sacrifices and offerings for another day or another month, another year, each one of them is so valuable, is so powerful, even subject to the corruptions and the misunderstandings of the people at that time, it's still so valuable that if only we could salvage just one more day of doing it, that would be totally worthwhile. Maybe they think we could do chuba. Maybe they think that we could turn this around and redeem that stage and find a way to stand nobly with God within the temple. But the Gemara answers, He says, maybe he wouldn't do anything. If I asked for that, maybe Vespasian would not offer me anything. And there would be no small salvation either. There'd be no little bit, no small steps that we could take and that we could make that would move us towards salvation and we will lose everything as the Gemara says in many places specifically Sukkot and others Tafasta mu'at Tafasta if you grab a little bit you've got something Tafasta mu'at Lotafasta if you grab a lot you grab nothing it's interesting again this word Porta a little bit when they discuss the healing of Rav Tzadok, they describe each day they would add a little bit of nutrient to his uh, his his daily consumption, and 
in the end it says ad the rabach mei porta porta until his his belly started to grow a little bit at a time just a little bit that's what we're looking at now we're looking at a different stage where we're growing porta porta and with that the future begins the next step begins i thank you for being with me on this journey through this incredible story the challenge of reading it closely and looking at the different versions and trying to understand each step and trying to understand what everyone is thinking as they move through this process has really opened my eyes uh, to the deep, deep, deep depths that are contained within this story. I believe it does contain essential information to inform us about why we persist in our exile and the kinds of opportunities that people have to step forward and to change their own behaviors and to change the way their relationships go, to change the way the community makes decisions. We see rabbis making choices, bad choices and good choices. We see the importance of learning. We see the importance of devotion and intensity. We see really what can happen at a party. So I hope this is useful to you. I thank you for being with me on this journey. I pray that this year, Tisha B'Av, is the year that we read the signs, we read the writing on the wall and see the light and figure out how to move forward as a nation such that Akash Baruch Hu, the Holy One, will bring us all home. I mean... <laughs>